This is Jasper Reed, and this is Letter from India. When I first moved to India 20 years ago, I was given a piece of advice on driving, and it went like this. Whatever you do, whatever car you're in, whatever road you're on in India, even if you're one inch ahead of the person behind you, you have right of way. And under no circumstances should you ever really look at your wing mirrors or your mirror. If you're an inch ahead, do what you like. Now, it seems a strange piece of advice, but actually it's probably the single best piece of advice I've ever had in India. And indeed, the whole, the whole driving scene in India works around that simple rule. But it's a question that everybody asks us when um, we're talking about India is, how on earth do you actually drive in India? Of course, it looks to the outside world like it's an impossible thing to do. And of course, there are whole documentaries made on driving in India. I remember one where a couple of London black cab drivers um, moved out to Bombay or Delhi and learned how to drive. And it was a wonderful kind of cockney exercise in how appalling the driving was. And of course, it was so different from the London cabbie who's, uh, who famously has to go through many, many tests and has something called the knowledge before he's actually allowed or she's actually allowed to drive on the streets of London. So for those that are interested, I thought I'd provide a mini guide to driving in India. And it goes like this. Rule number one the kind of primus inter pares of rules, the first among equals, have plenty of confidence. That's a fairly obvious thing to say, and it really applies to many, many things in India. But it is not for the faint-hearted. Of course, once you start driving, you're in a virtuous circle where the more you drive, the more confidence you will get. But do not venture onto your first driving trip in India uh, with a faint heart or feeling tired or hungover or jet lagged or anything like that. When first going out in India, go out like you mean business, go out like a howling tsunami. And when you're driving in India, of course, confidence is absolutely everything. And um, Indian driving is a sort of extraordinary metaphor for national confidence. And of course, perhaps it's something to do with the fact that everybody's out driving. So in a country that is in many ways very unequal, it's a very equalizing democratic activity. It's you and your fellow man, woman, and everybody else on the street. And of course, one of the things that anybody who's, who's seen India will know from the highways, it's not just you and your fellow men in four wheels and two wheels. Um, it's all of that plus your fellow animals with um, two legs, four legs, sometimes no legs. And of course, um, as many will know, famously in India, uh, the, the one uh, beast or animal that has total right of way on Indian, Indian road is, of course, the cow, the sacred cow. And under no circumstance, get close to a cow. Everyone else you can uh, have a close shave with, but uh, give, uh, give the Indian cow a very wide berth. Rule number two right of way, which goes back to the rule I was told 20 years ago. When in India, um, you're driving, effectively, it's first come, first serve. So to illustrate this, if you're an Indian roundabout, unlike the UK or the US, you have right of way coming onto the roundabout. And it's not just that you have right of way, it's important to assert your right of way, and not just to nudge onto the roundabout, to drive onto the roundabout like a Formula One driver which again ties back to confidence. So 
wherever you are, on any junction, on any roundabout, on any road or highway, back road in India, if you're ahead, you fundamentally have right of way. Rule number three, have a low temperature attitude combined with very, very good humour. Um, the truth is that whichever way you skin the uh, road driving cat in India, um, there will be many bumps and scrapes and disagreements and altercations. So developing a Zen-like calm, whose first cousin is, of course, a great sense of humour. It's a bit like those. It's a bit like those dating ads. G S O H, but for driving. So when you get in your car or drive your motorbike, and for beginners, I strongly suggest. Uh, the former before they get into the latter. The two-wheel game is not a uh, is not a game for inexperienced players. But once you're in the car, put the music on, chill out, find your inner um, your inner Buddhist calm, and under no circumstances uh, lose your patience. Of course, if you do get into an altercation in India, it's very very important to um, to keep your cool. And probably on a practical level, particularly in the north of India, which typically um, and traditionally is considered at the slightly more aggressive end of the market, uh, you would be ill-advised sometimes to actually get out of your car. Um, most things are fine driving in India until you do something like rear-end someone. Now, the chances are that it's going to happen. But if it does happen, probably uh, stay within the safety of your vehicle, which I'm sure is not the same, is not different to anywhere else. Rule number four. Get yourself the smartest, coolest, most pimped-up set of wheels that you can possibly afford. India, as many know from um, from coming here or from my podcast or reading about it, is a super aspirational country where the kind of thing you drive or the, the watch on your wrist or the house you live in is um, is very much looked up to. It's um, it's the nature of the cycle. It's the nature of of India, and of course. Delhi itself is the alpha and omega of of showing off. So, in Delhi, for example, I drive a uh, what's called a, a Mahindra Thar. It's basically a copy of the original Willys Jeep, but not content with getting one of those, I've of course pimped it up with with flared raised wheel arches, great big lights on the front, a mega st- a mega sound system, and a few other bits and pieces. Now, of course, my family. Have basically rightly corrected, basically interpreted that as a as a midlife crisis. But on the roads of New Delhi and in the north of India, especially, I get a lot of respect because not only do I have a customised car, but I'm also driving a national brand. So I'm combining national pride with showing off, uh, and I've got a high driving position. So uh, you know, get the best wheels you can, flash your lights, look cool. It's amazing how how well that works. The final item, rule number five, become an expert in the use of the horn. The horn, of course, is all important in India and and effectively the sound of honking cars and motorbikes is almost the soundtrack to India. When you typically arrive in India, it's almost the first thing that people um, know uh, and they they know they're back in Mother India. I once found myself wandering around at night in Bangkok with my wife Megan after dinner. And we stopped and we suddenly realised that the city was was preternaturally quiet. Now, um, on no hour of the day or day of the week or any time of the year will you ever hear an Indian city free of honking of horns. 
And you, of course, must become expert in the honking of horns and all the different rhythms and cadences and emphasis and the rest of it, which, of course, is a matter of personal interpretation. But they always say in India that you could possibly, if you were really good at this, drive drive blind. Um, and when you get into the bigger cities, the Bangalores, the Bombays, the Calcutta, on occasion it does slightly look like uh, people might indeed uh, be be blind. So those are the five rules. Um, and what does it mean? What does it mean? I know one shouldn't really be over-philosophical with a practical um, you know, non-Indian guide to a non-Indian's guide to driving in India, but there's a few things that are a, are a good outcome of this. Number one, and especially if you're if you're uh, if you're me, male, white, um, middle-aged, etc., it definitely makes you feel alive. And uh, however, however, my tough my day is in India, I remind myself that I am not commuting in on the 6.37 from Banbury Station to London Marlborough, surrounded by my fellow grey commuters, um, all looking miserably at their phones or, or their daily newspapers. So driving in India makes you feel alive. And probably most importantly, and just to finish off with, what driving in India does, and it's a really simple thing, but, it, but, it, but, it, but until you do it, you don't really know this. It orientates you, and it gives you a street-level view of the city. It's basically what walking in a city does. But, of course, walking in some of the Indian cities is, unless it's Calcutta, really, is very difficult to do or or ill-advised. So driving around suddenly, basically, connects you with the city in a a real-life way. And it's partly being connected with your fellow man. It's partly navigation. It's partly seeing everything live. But But it's the big change, and... You could live here for years, and, and lots of people in India do have drivers. You know, people are lucky like that. Um, but if they never drive on their own, they never really get to see India. So what looks from the outside as, as a really perplexing, daunting um, enterprise is actually perfectly manageable. And if I can do it, anyone can do it, frankly. But much more important than that, it will, it will allow you to discover India and, and to discover your... Your, your inner Indian, and then you're really uh, most of the way there to, to understanding the country.